Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Talking about the church and what what's the church's importance in the life of the believers and what is the importance of the church? Why did God, why did Jesus instituted the church? He could have done anything else but he instituted the church for such a time as this. And if you think the church is just a building, you've missed it. The church is us. We, wherever we are, he says that, that ground is holy. Like we, we need to represent what the church is about. If you think the church is just a building, is the light, you're missing of what God is doing even in your life because the church is us. Everywhere we go, the church goes. Every, every door we open, the church is there because we need to be the light in the dark places in our world. I hope this, this series has been, you know, good for you. I know it's been cha- challenging my life. And as I was thinking over, um, I'm about to turn 35 years old in March, okay? And I, I, some of you are like, oh, what are the white hairs? Some of you are like, I thought you were like 42. I don't like you. Um, we'll pray for you later. Um, is <laughs> uh, It runs in the family, okay? It runs in the family. But um, 35 years old, and I, I've been in ministry. It's going to be coming up on 12, 13 years and of, of my 35 years, and, um, and and I was I was looking back at all the opportunities and all the doors that were open, and then also thanking God for all the doors that were closed in my life as well. And and I was I was looking through this this lens of ministry and kind of where we are right now. I, I I can't be naive to know that God was orchestrating it all. God was orchestrated. There was people that I never spoke to that opened the door for me to get to the other place, to get to the next position, to get to the next um, ministry. And, and, and as we are the bride of Christ, we have to understand and have our eyes open and our ears open for what God wants to do in moments. God works in moments. He works in moments. He, 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 there, there's moments all around that he wants to bring a divine appointment in your life. But the question is, are we listening? Are we opening our eyes to these divine appointments? And as I was thinking about my life and in my, in my years in ministry, I, I see how God was orchestrating all this. And in the, those seasons, sometimes you got to put yourself back in those seasons to kind of feel what you were feeling at that moment. There was some season where like, God, you have left me here. You have left me to die. <laughs> you have left me in this horrible season. But little did I know God was having conversations with somebody else to open another door for my life. And, and as we were talking about with Sam and, 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 and Sam and, and all the families, like there was, there was conversations that God was having. You know, there was things God was op- uh, opening in, in the back end. And sometimes we don't even know that. But as I was looking at this, these divine appointments, it was not through a connection. It was not through, you know, recognition. It wasn't through even a status, but my story was a part of somebody else's story and God intertwined them all to be a divine appointment in the in our life. And it all came through the avenue of the church. I'm not saying the church is here to give you job opportunities. We're not Angie's list, okay? Okay? This, this ain't all that stuff, okay? We'll give you recommendations. But the thing is, God gives us, we're here divinely. Think about it like this. This is how strategic and this is how intentional God is. From the beginning of time, 
he knew you were going to be here. Before you were even born, he knew you were going to be here. You thought, you thought you're here on, on, on accident, but you're here on purpose. God is orchestrating all this, and God has put us together as the church for moments like this. He uses flawed people like us to give some kind of encouragement, to give some kind of healing, to speak a good word, to give some, even some counseling in others' lives. And he uses this in not only in these four walls as the church, but he uses it everywhere you step foot. Because here's the thing. Once you leave this place, the church doesn't stay here. The church goes. So when you're in the coffee house and that, that person gets your, your coffee wrong, how's the church? When, when you're driving and somebody cuts you off and you have an Axios Church sticker in the back, where's the church? If you're going to do that, just take it off, you know. Don't wear your Axios Church, you know, shirt, and then you're cussing somebody out. You know, because the church goes. The church goes. We need to be a representation of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. And that is the church. And, and and we have to understand that, that the church leaves when we leave. And, and everywhere we go, God gives us these divine appointments. But our eyes and our hearts have to be open to what he's doing. Destiny and purpose cannot be obtained with closed-minded people. And close eyes. We can't live life blind to what God is doing. Because there could be an opportunity for you and there can be an opportunity for somebody else. But if we're not sensitive to the spirit, if we're not opening our eyes to what God is doing, we're missing divine appointments. Because here's the thing. God is not just waiting for you. He's working every day. But the thing is, are we looking? Are we listening? Are we looking, opening our eyes to these divine appointments in our life? It might be that homeless man that's there all the time and you kind of like, mm, you know, what are you going to do with the money? But maybe that's a divine appointment. Maybe it's that person in the, in the line where God is speaking to you and like, hey, won't you pay for their groceries? But God, I, you, but you're missing a divine appointment. God is, wants to open these things for us to be a light in people's life. And as we are the church, we have to know these moments. I would say like this. That God opens divine appointments, and it's probably not part of your calendar, but it's part of his. It's probably not marked. Who's, who's the people that, that mar like have to have a calendar, and they have to have everything, okay? Uh, the, uh, how about the people that write their calendars? Who, who writes their calendars? Who goes it on their phone? I don't know how you do it, okay? I'm all over the place, Okay. I, I, I try to do it. We used to have a sync a calendar, but I don't know. I got a new phone, and now I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But sometimes you know, it's not part of your timing. It's his. And us as, uh, as vessels of his kingdom, we need to be aware of these things. See, there's many areas in the gospel that's represented this kind of mindset. But we're going to focus on one, and that is very important, that brought the good news to the world. There's this, there's this man in the Bible called Paul. Paul was, a, was one of the vital parts of actually the Bible being written. He, writ, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament, was attributed to 
Paul. The books were written by Paul, and he was actually sending letters to congregations of brothers and sisters in Christ in his ministry years. So he will write these letters and send it to these churches. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's some of the books that Paul wrote. Romans. Who likes Romans? I love Romans. Romans. First and second Corinthians. Galatians. Ephesians. Uh, Philippians. Colossians. First and second uh, Thessalonians. First and second Timothy. Titus. Philemon. He wrote all these. And, but the reality is he wasn't this special person. Matter of fact, he had an occupation that some will look at and kind of put their nose to like, ooh. One of the heroes of the faith had an occupation that was very interesting. But by the grace of God, God intersected Paul's life. And Paul's purpose was bigger than what he was doing at the moment. See, here's a side note. Sometimes what you see as an interruption in your life could be the light switch to your purpose. Let me say that again. Sometimes what you think is an interruption in your life is probably the light switch to your purpose. Because God used light literally to, to blind Paul into his purpose. Let's give a little context of what we're going to talk about. We're going to do a little bit of reading here. I just want you to know kind of what we're speaking about today. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 19 as well. Um, like I said, I want to give a little bit of context of what's happening in this moment. It says this. Then Saul, still breathing th um, threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for a letter from him to the synagogue of Damascus. So that he, that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them and bound them to Jerusalem. So his, his job was to kill and imprison people that are part of this new thing called the way, which was the good news, which was Christianity. This was a new thing happening in the time. Jesus is already dead at this point. Uh, uh, he rose again, you know, died on the cross. He rose again. He's still alive. But now Paul is, is, is in this thing. Now people are, are getting around this, this mission of Jesus, the good commission, and, and religious people of those days did not like it. So Paul was an assassin to kill these people was part of the way. I don't know about you, but if I told you, hey, your pastor used to be an assassin, would you be like, oh, I'm going to follow that guy? Hey, I used to kill people. That's my, it's just something that, that doesn't flow with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God uses interesting people to do miraculous things. Let's go to verse 3. As he journeyed, and he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? People are crazy. When, when life hit, happens and, um, and they don't know Jesus, uh, but they know Jesus when, when things happen in their life. They want to pray when it's bad. This is where Paul was. He's like killing all these Christians, but then God strikes him down. He's like, hey, hey, God, I see you. Help me out here. So he said, who are you? And then he said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the, the goats. So he trembled and, 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 and astonished and said, Lord, what do you want to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told, what you must do. And the man who journeyed 
with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And then Saul arose from the ground, and when his, and, and, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But, he let, but he, they led him by hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and, and neither ate nor drank. You know, there's some stubborn people that God's tried to get their attention multiple times, and you just got to get it the hard way. <laughs> what if God said one day, like a, light, like a light hits you and you're blind? That's depressing. That's a, it's, it's one of those things like, hey, hey, I'm trying to get your attention here. You know those people like, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Men, you know what I'm talking about. The women are always like, hey, you say uh, they want you to take out the trash whenever you're sitting down, finally relaxing, and you sit down and like, hey, can you take out that trash? Hey, I'll get it in a minute. And then you hear this. I'll just do it myself. Thank you, Eric. And then you get up like, the trash. Are we listening? But this is where Paul was. Paul's. His purpose in his life was so great. I mean, he wrote uh, a third of uh, 13 um, verses of books of the New Testament. His, his life was important to what the gospel was going to be pushed in the world. And God had to get his attention somehow. So he struck him off his horse and blind him for him to notice what God was doing in his life. See, what if God did something this crazy to you? It's very quiet. But the reality is God t gives us moments for us to surrender our life to him on a daily basis. But sometimes he has to get your attention. He has to get your attention. And just because it was dark in Paul's life doesn't mean God left him. But here's where the story gets good. So now Paul is in Damascus. His, his purpose was to go kill Christians. But now God has intersected his life. And blind him, and, and it was not only a physical blindness, he was also spiritually blinded. So God had to resurrect something on the inside of him. He had to set him apart to, for him to do something. So sometimes in your life, God is going to have to set you apart from those friends. God is going to have to set you apart from those relationships. And it might be lonely for a moment, but God is doing something on the inside because your purpose is greater than what, he's, that, that, that what you're dealing with right now. Sometimes you have to get separated so you just see clearly. So Paul had to be separated. But when, 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 when Paul was at his lowest of lows, blind, alone, hungry, he was dealing with this situation. He was dealing with the inward Paul that, was, that he, was, he was battling. God was orchestrating his story on the back end. Because there was this man named Ananias. Ananias didn't know Paul. They never crossed paths. It said Ananias was, was just a regular person. Let's go to verse 10. And now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire house of Judah for one called Saul. For one called Saul, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he, he, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive 
his sight. And it is funny because the the credibility and the reputation of Paul killing Christians kind of got to spread it around. So now God is telling Ananias, he, Ananias knew who Paul was. He knew his reputation, reputation and, he, and Ananias, Ananias knew what he believed. So what Paul was doing didn't mesh with what Ananias was doing. And now God said, Ananias, I want you to go to Paul and help him. Automatically, Ananias is like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll do anything for you, God. But if I meet this guy, Paul, it, it might mess up my reputation. He might kill me. And it might even try to come kill my family. See, sometimes God is going to tell us to do things that is past our comfort. That is past even our abilities. And all he says is, you need to just do it and go. And, and this is where we are. We need to know that Paul and Ananias didn't know each other, but God used their stories to bring healing. And if you keep on reading, Ananias goes, he touches Paul, and Paul gets his sight back, and he's strengthened again, and, he's, and he becomes a disciple, and, 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 and Paul just does miraculous things. But what we need to know is Ananias never met Paul before this meeting. It said that Ananias was just a certain disciple, meaning he was just a normal follower. Ananias was not a preacher. Ananias was not an apostle. He was not a prophet, an evangelist, an elder, a deacon. He was just normal. God simply used Ananias because he had a willing heart. Do you know God can use you, and God can use you right now, the way you are, the way, the way you are right now, God can use you. You don't have to have all the credentials. You don't have to have the schooling. You don't have to have the education. You don't have to have the social status. God uses ordinary people for the divine appointments in people's lives. And th th what that means, if they don't qualify you, God has already qualified you. He's already has qualified these divine appointments. Here's the thing. Paul had an experience with God. He got knocked off the horse. And then Ananias got a vision for God. But the reality is they didn't know that both experience was going to bring a divine miracle. And it all came through the church. How do I know? Because Ananias was the church. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. You might think you're ordinary, but God has something different for your life to make your life extraordinary for his kingdom. This is where the intersection of Paul and Ananias' life. They never met, they never had ties, but they had God. God was in the middle of it. See, Ananias was being the church when the, when the lights weren't on. Ananias was being the church when he didn't have an audience. Ananias didn't, well, there was not a spotlight on Ananias, but he was still being the church. The Instagram followers weren't there, but he was still being the church. The, 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 pit, the camera, the camera was not pointed to him, and then he lifted his hand. No, no, no. He was being the church when no one was looking, when it wasn't of convenience. He was being the church, and God looked at that. And God looked at that and said, listen, nobody's putting the spotlight on you. I put the spotlight on you. I'm going to use you for this thing. 
isn't it crazy how God can use us whenever we don't expect it? See, he said that he was being the church in the town called Damascus. What is the Damascus God is telling you to be in? What is the workplace God telling you to? What is your Damascus? Because he was just living, doing his thing, and then one day he had a vision. What if Ananias didn't listen to the vision? What if Ananias wasn't obedient? What if Ananias lived in fear? Would there be a Paul? Will Paul be still be blind? I mean, God can use somebody else. But if God orchestrated this for Ananias to be a part of Paul's life, to start his ministry out, man, it was, in, it was important to God. God has divine appointments. It's going to blow our minds. Here's three things that we need to notice that Ananias did and also Paul needed in his life for these divine appointments to happen as well. Number one, you have to have an attentive ear and an open hand. You have to have an attentive ear and an open hand. God spoke to Ananias in a completely different way than he spoke to Paul. I mean, it was complete. Paul saw, saw to Paul, he was, it was a boldness. It was a, even violent, a confrontation with, Je- with, with God, with Jesus, which probably he needed it at that moment. But Ananias was a sweet vision. What does that tell me? It doesn't matter how you encounter God as long as you encounter him. Sometimes he has to kick your butt. But sometimes he speaks in a sweet vision. See, here's the thing. We have to live life hearing his call, but also open hand to serve. When you live life with a closed hand, you're saying, I'm only wanting to serve my convenience. I'm only want to serve when it fits my calendar, when it fits my five-year plan, when it fits my things. When you live your life with a closed hand, that's not the way Jesus did. If you notice, he lived his hands wide open. Because he said, I'm not here to be served, I'm here to serve. So when we hear God's voice, but we hear it and close our hands and not activate it, we're just listening. But when there's something happens, when you listen and you open your hands to serve his people, when you serve your family, when you serve your coworkers with love and encouragement and lifting them up in prayer and and, and giving what it needs to give. When you live with your hands open, you're ready to say, God, I listen, but I'm ready to do as well. It's having an open hand. See, Ananias said, hey, listen, I might, it might be a little fearful for me. It might be a little out of my, out of my agenda, but I'm going to do what you tell me to do. It might be, uh, I might open, uh, go there, and he might try to kill me, but I live life hearing but open to what you want me to do. You have to understand that God is having these divine appointments to be the light in people's life. But if our heart and our hand and our embrace are automatically closed off, we're going to miss these divine encounters. We're going to miss these encounters. I know it's hard to wake up and you don't have your coffee. When you're in the break room, you turn a little curious, but then your friend that is like super excited to like live that day comes in and, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, whatever. And you're like, like bite their head off. Maybe that was a divine encounter. We have to think this way. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, 
as each has received the gift, used to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, whoever brings blessing with will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. We have to have our ears open to hear what God is doing, but open our hands to be his hands and feet in this world. Number two, you got to count the risk. You got to count the risk. Because here's the thing. In the case of Ananias, God gave him a vision that was super specific. Sometimes God would say, hey, just go. But here in the case of Ananias, he literally broke down what he needed to do. He said, specifically to the street. The street was called straight. Specifically to the house, the house of Judah. Specifically to the man, which was Paul. Specifically to a man, what he was doing. He said he was praying. And specifically to a man, he had a vision that Ananias was coming. This was necessary and important because God had to use Ananias to do something bold and dangerous for meeting Saul, the persecutor. It took great courage. This is a very thing that Ananias couldn't stomach. This was going to mess up his reputation, mess up his family. It could mess up a lot of things. But God said, this is what God says. God gives you a bold call. He also needs your bold yes. If he's going to give you a bold, some of you are like, God, what's my purpose? Your purpose might be bold, but you have to say yes to it. You have to say yes to, to what God is doing. And why did he have the courage to do this thing? He trusted God fully, fully. In, in, jo in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says, I have, have not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be uh, frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It didn't say where your God is with you, only in church buildings. Your God is with you only when you go to that conference. No, it says your God is with you where? Everywhere you go. You're the church. You're the church. There's a risk sometimes to following God, but the risk, the reward is so much greater. Obedience is so much greater. You might hurt a little bit of feelings, but the reward of obedience is so much better. See, we have to hear his voice, and we have to go after God. And the last thing, number three, this is what Paul had to do. He had to get the vision, but he also had to do God's work. He received his sight at once, and he arose, and he said he got baptized, and he began his calling. See, this is what happens with us sometimes, is we come and we get prayed for, and we feel excited, but then Monday hits. And then Tuesday hits. And then we're just praying to get, we're just praying to get to Sunday. To get our little hit again. And then Monday hits. But do you understand that you can get in the presence of God anywhere you go? You have to be intentional in getting into his presence. See, it said when, when he accepted who he was, when Paul accepted what God wanted to do in his life, when he accepted that he had to let go of some things, when he accepted that, that he, he had to be his disciple, his eyes were open to the vision. His eyes was open to his purpose, and he walked out his purpose. Sometimes God opens our eyes to what he wants us to do, but we see what he wants us to do, and we're scared, and we don't do it. And we're wondering, like, God, what's wrong with me? You're still stuck. You're still stuck. We have to do. When, when, when our words become actions, we do God's work in this world. 
So, so for so long, we've just been talking and talking and talking. No, it's time to do what God has called us to do. God doesn't want just half of us. Why doesn't why God can just use half? Because the greater purpose that he has for you, he needs all of you to fulfill this major, huge purpose. What if Paul said, hey, I'm just going to give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, God, and the rest, I'm just for me. Paul couldn't fulfill the grand purpose that he had for his life. He couldn't wrote all these things. He couldn't go preaching to town to town. He need, God needed all of him. God desires three things from us, our head, our heart, and our hand. And that's what God wants. How do I know? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says, The love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We need, he needs all of us. He needs our mind. See, the enemy's trying to mess with our mind. He needs you to surrender your mind to him today. He needs your heart. He wants all, because when he has all facets of your life, man, he can do miraculous things in your life. You want purpose in your life? Why don't you give your heart to God? You want your purpose in your life? Why don't you give your mind to God? Give your all to God, because Paul had to literally lose him to gain God. He lost everything, money, fame, everything, for the cause of Jesus Christ. He became the church. As I close, just wanted us to understand this. When we live life with wondering eyes, we can never see the true purpose that God has for us. When we live life cross-eyed, Feeling this way and now feeling this. No, no, no. When we're, when we're on straight, when we're focused on what God's doing, God is going to. I'm going to tell you this right away. When you, when, when you get closer to God, you start seeing things a little different. I don't know what it is. It doesn't mean that you're special. You get like a, a, a list, this star, hey, I made it. <laughs> no, no, no. He starts revealing things to you. And why? For you to be a light in the darkness. It didn't say the Great Commission was not, hey, pastors go. No, it says all of us. Because we're all called to a lost and dying world. But if we're so focused on being the next famous thing or being this, and listen, all these things are great. But where is your focus? Paul literally had to lose his sight to get his sight back again. And when he got his sight back again, it was focused on what God had for his life. It said he got baptized, he ate some food. Sometimes you just got to eat, all right? You got to eat, go to that barbecue, okay? He said he got strengthened and he got up and did God's work. Some of you have been beat down by people. Emotionally. People trashed your reputation. I'm here to tell you today, strengthen yourself. Get back up and keep going. Sing a perfect song today, move forward. You can't live in purpose if you're stuck being blind. You gotta get up. Sometimes you gotta drag yourself and say, God, I'm not all the way there. Sometimes I don't understand, but if I got to pick myself, I'm going to give you my all. 
I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to open my eyes to what you want, how you want me to serve this world, how you want to serve my people. I'm, I'm here, God. I'm your vessel. He gives you a bold purpose. He wants your bold yes as well. And when you do that, God's going to open your eyes to see the lost and dying. And that's what it is. You start being sensitive to people's hurts. Jesus went from town to town, and he met people where they were. Because his eye was open to the hurting, to the people that they throw aside. We need to be the church, not only in here. It's great for us to fellowship together and worship God. That's what this place is for. But when we leave, that's when the work starts. Let me tell you right now, we're not going to be a church that is just here. Because here, we're good. <laughs> yeah, people come and see, to find, find Christ, and yet we want them to come and find Christ and grow in Christ. But there's people out there that would never step foot in here that need the church to go there. They need you to open your eyes, to trust God, to go all the way, to give your life all the way because they're lost, they're dying, and they're on their way to hell. It's black and white. What if you are the only Jesus your coworker sees? Are you being the church? And when you are faithful of being the church, Ananias was just in Damascus a certain person. But then God saw that faithfulness and said, man, I can do so much greater things in your life. You're a part of a grander plan. You are not made. You're not here on accident. You're not a mistake. Stop listening to the light. And you have worth. You have value. God wants to use you even just the way you are. He can use you. If he can use a rock, he can use you. Just step up. Straighten yourself. See clearly and accept him for, for who he is and what he wants to do in your life. You are not ordinary. You are just not living life. Live life on purpose. Do what God has called us to do. Be the church. Be the light in dark places. Because God has given you vision to do it. Every day. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.